0: God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing.
1: This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. Slider for the lead and the win. He's at the jumping drag race of the line. Who got it? Give it to Rico. With your host. ABC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch and Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right, I got black out there. Oh, yeah. that stupid ass flagman. They got a dumb ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food.
2: Yeah, look how big those things are. A little meat on the bone there. And cooked perfectly.
1: Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food.
2: When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings.
1: It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett.
2: It's episode 73 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. And we welcome you into a March 15th episode that features um, talk about the Indianapolis Raceway Park. What do they call it now? Lucas Oil Raceway?
1: Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park, I think, is the official name.
2: Opening days. Is- Free tickets to opening day. Are you going?
1: Uh, I can't. I would love to, but to, I'll be in yeah. Coda.
2: Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. In Austin, Texas the home of flow racing. Uh, right. You yeah, we... make a stop at this. Is that this when is that? What What weekend is that? Last weekend in March last weekend in march what uh what are the dates for that do we know
1: you literally just said it didn't you the twenty sixth
2: march twenty fifth twenty sixth twenty seventh. so are they racing just on the twenty sixth on saturday at i r p yes mhm- who's racing
1: well the midgets
2: nice <laughs> Damon, midgets everything else uh Today on the show, Matt Seymour, owner of one of those midgets, will be on the show along with Kyle Hamilton, who's going to be part of the broadcast on Flow Racing. He and Pat Sullivan are headlining uh, a broadcast duo that features a retired race car driver, a really good one at that, that uh, is going to join the show today with Matt Seymour. What would you guys talk about, D-Welch? I, unfortunately, was not able to make it because my internet is shit. Uh, well, actually, the, the computer that I use. Um. We're currently in transitioning into a brand uh, a new computer, so that's why you can't hear the microphone today because I can't figure out how to freaking use it on this brand new Mac. But what'd you guys talk First about? First world problems. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it was great.
1: You know, Matt Matt Seymour is uh, Boston Louis Seymour's grandson, who um, you know many people are, are probably familiar with him and and all of his exploits and endeavors, and and you know as one of the original kind of traveling racers, um, of the sixties and, and, you know, seventies and, um, you know, the Boston area and, and would travel all over the place and, and, you know, always had really nice stuff and, and a who's who list, uh, behind the wheel of his cars and, um, his sons, uh, you know, raced and, and now Matt's, you know, the third generation of, uh, of car owner and, um, you know, owned, uh, owned, I think Tim Buckwalter's car that made the A-main at the Chili Bowl this year. We didn't talk about that, but, um, and, and then last year, you know, had a, had a midget that they traveled 15 hours, um, there and back, uh, from Boston to, you know, to race at IRP. And, and so this year he's going to have Bobby Santos in his car and, and, uh, they're going to house the cars there in, in the Indianapolis area. But, um, you know, great racing family and, and, um, you know, lots to talk about with them and, and and Kyle, obviously, you know, is a buddy of ours and uh, stepped out of the driver's seat last year, but is, is still going to be around and, and kind of making the transition like a lot of guys that step out of the seat. You know, he's going to go into the broadcast booth and, um, you know, he'll be great. He's you know, he's great about being able to watch stuff and kind of explain it and describe what's happening. So looking forward to people, um, you know, getting to see that side of Kyle and, and you know, watching uh, watching some great racing in the process.
2: Yeah, Kyle, Kyle was good. Uh, he was a good race car driver. Um, you know, I mentioned free tickets for opening day. You, you said you mentioned the midgets. The sprint cars are racing, too. It's on March 26th. Um, I think they go live on flow at noon. Uh, so enjoy, you know, opening day. Open wheel opening day is what they're calling it. Uh, March 26th at IRP. If you're in the area, of course, go because um, free admission. You can't really beat that. Um, so it's going to be fun to see everything going on at Lucas Oil Raceway this year. You know, payment racing is kind of making a resurgence. D. Welch, uh, the SilverCon races have been good there. Um, you know, sprint cars, of course, at Anderson, the biggest. You know, probably payment sprint car race is the Little Five Hundred, but you know, I think the Little Five Hundred and and you know Casey Core's doing at IRP has kind of kept payment open wheel racing around in the area.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and Casey. Um, you know, as is as big a part of that as anybody. You know, the resurgence just because of uh, what he's done at, at Raceway Park. You know, the fact that he's brought brought it back not only just once, but you know, brought it back now consistently, and uh, you know, with a points fund and a and a points series and championship to chase and, and incentives for guys to show up and run. And that's that's all it was going to take. You know, with somebody to uh, to get that and, and be willing to make it happen. And, and, um, you know, I certainly am thankful that, that it has happened as a, you know, as a pavement guy myself and, um, you know, just so appreciative of, of, you know, somebody being willing to do that and and putting the effort into, um, you know, just to make it happen and, and, and to go through everything that he's, you know, gone through, you know, even with the rebranding to, you know, getting, getting the name back to Indianapolis Raceway Park. And, um, you know, that stuff matters to people and, 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 uh, you know, pavement racing matters to people, you know, especially there in the Indianapolis area. And, and, um, it's hard to explain, you know, because, you know, raceway park to some people may just be another racetrack, but for so many of us, myself included, um, that was where I got the bug. You know, it was the first time I ever went to a racetrack and saw a race and, um, it made me want to be a race car driver, you know, watching midgets, you know, rip around IRP. And, uh, and that's the same, you know, same with a lot of people. You know, there's so many people that just have memories associated with that place because of Thursday Night Thunder and and uh, everything else that went on there. So, um, you know, the nostalgic person in me is obviously very thrilled, but um, it's just great to have, you know, have this avenue of the sport back and thriving and, um, you know, continuing to grow and, and just get better with each passing year. So um, I'm excited, as you can probably
2: tell. Yeah, it's a tremendous racetrack. Um probably the best pay- some of the best pavement midget races I've ever seen at that racetrack. You know, Tracy Hines and Kyle Larson dueling it out. Uh we of course, you know, you, you mentioned Thursday Night Thunder. It was, you know, probably the most famous track on that uh series. And 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 you know, NASCAR took notice. They ended up going there with the truck series, and I believe they're coming back this year, right? They're going back to IRP. NASCAR is? They are, what, yeah. What event yeah, is
1: that? Um yeah, the it's Brickyard weekend. So, um let me get the date real quick for you. So, um it'll be let's see July 29th is the truck race at IRP. So, uh and that's a that's a fun week. Um it's the start of Indiana Sprint Week. So, the sprint cars will be at Bloomington that night, but um you know, you can hit I think Gas City starts it probably on Wednesday or something and then Putnamville Thursday and then go to IRP. Uh or no, actually, I think it's I think it's the end of sprint week. So uh they'll be at Terre Haute and then Putnamville, then Bloomington, then Hobstadt on Saturday. So um, you know, and then and then you've got the stuff at the big track, obviously, all weekend as well. So that's a great week of uh of racing there in the Hoosier State and um hope people will will go out and support the truck race. Um, you know, because that's a, that's another event that, you know, I have great memories of of going to. Um you know, back in the day, was the Kroger Speedfest races there with the truck race on Friday and the Bush Series race on Saturday. You know, they would pack the place and um, was always ex, you know ex, exciting and, and this, you know outstanding racing. So um, this year should be no different. Hopefully, it's a it's a fixture on the schedule for for years to come. Now,
2: Mike Bliss, Mike Skinner, Ron Hornaday Jr. I mean, come on now, the Truck Series was the best. It's probably, it's yep, I mean, back then when the Truck Series. When it first started, that has to be some of the most fun uh, racing, uh, you know, NASCAR had there for a while. I mean, you know, the truck series is still really good. But, yeah, I mean, those guys, Mike Bliss, he's still uh, wrenching on Chad Boat's cars, uh, you know, at the uh, label. He was D. D- Welch's. Um, but good guy. And uh, we have a piece of racing. You can check that out. I did it with, uh, with him in Ocala. He's talking about returning back to midget racing. I guess he was a little bored in his retirement. He's back working on some cars, so all right, Matt Seymour and Kyle Hamilton on the show today Let's get into our Sun Dollar Restoration hat shakes of the week brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration You can visit them at sundollar.net. They're based in Carmel, Indiana They are water fire mold restoration. They will get with your insurance company. You um, You know, you'll probably pay nothing, but uh, they work on like, you know, big businesses or even your houses Um, they'll, they'll, They'll help you out. So uh, Kimmy is taking over uh, Jason's you know, hat shake this week. Sorry, Jason. I know he's going to be really disappointed in that, but she actually uh, sent one in. Uh, Jason did not. Um, Kimmy says hat shake to Lauren Stewart for a great you know, Shamrock Classic at DeCoin and continuing on Brian's legacy uh, with uh, promoting the Shamrock Classic. It was a great success, and we can uh, talk about some of the winners. She also said hat shake to uh, Stewie and Chevy. We were on the show last week. Uh, So there you go. That's Kimmy's hat shake. Um, Thomas Meserol won the first night at DeCoin for the Shamrock Classic. And the final night, Justin Grant went to victory lane, winning $10,000. dollars Timez was leading, got into a lap car um, while leading. It was, that place is tight. There are a lot of crashes. You know, like Mitchell Moles, he was was leading, or, you know, he was running second or third and got too hot, hit the wall. Um, You know, it's, it's a tough place. You know, Kane McIntosh, Brady Bacon, two of the faster cars got into each other, uh, racing racing for second and third. I mean, it's a tough place to go to. I'm sure that's probably why you haven't been back there, D-Walsh, because it's a hard place to race.
1: Yeah, it is hard, but it's honestly really fun. And, and um, you know, now that they knocked that berm in the in- infield down to where you can roll it, you know, it used to just be a mound of dirt that uh, you couldn't really run. and You kind of could roll up on it a little bit, but it wasn't it wasn't consistent, you know, whereas now it's, it's like a chili bowl style berm. Um, and that's, I think just, you know, elevated the racing, um, that much more. It's why, cause it's widened the groove out. It feels like, and, um, you know, you really can get two grooves there now, which you kind of could have in the past. Um, you know, but just, it just made it more difficult with, you know, without the burn down there. So, um, that place is fun. I mean, and it's hard because, um, you're into lap traffic so quickly and the way the cars are geared, it's easy to stall. You know, if you just get on the brakes too hard a little bit to, you know, to set the car to miss something or, or do anything, you know, it's, it's pretty, you know, high likelihood that the thing's going to lock up and stall. And, um, you know, there's, there's cars everywhere and, and not a lot of room to miss stuff. And, and so things happen. Um, but that, that I think makes it, you know, makes it all the more exciting. So, um, thought it was a great race, you know, that battle with Canon and, and Brady there and, and the feature, that one night was, um, you know, was as good as it gets. So, you know, two guys that were just, you know, running each other hard all weekend, really. It seemed like they were kind of attached at the hip all weekend, but um, they raced each other hard and it was, uh, it was fun to watch.
2: For sure. Uh, you know, other notables that I, I wanted to mention, you know, Grady Chandler, you know, has his own midget now and Ryan Timms drove for him and they had an eighth place finish in their second USAC start. I know he was tweeting about how disappointed uh he was and you know missing the setup that final night but i i feel like they were you know competing for a win and they and for your second night out that's that's uh nothing to hang your hat on you know Daniel robinson for the goat interview he did uh he ended up getting a podium on the final night uh but essentially the first night what-, what were you saying d He was basically saying like he's the goat of of ducoin or whatever <laughs> what was he saying
1: yeah that was uh that's gonna be my hat shake was was his interview and um he and he drove from like the back to sixth or something then had a problem and pulled it into the infield. And Drake York went down there and interviewed him. And he was just like, he went like full Ricky Bobby talking about like pissing excellence and stuff. It just, it was hilarious. I don't even remember We'll have to find it and try and plug it in here, but uh, it was hilarious. <clears throat> and, uh, and I couldn't tell if he was like being a hundred percent serious or if he was also just being like typical Daniel Robinson, you know, where he just is like, you know, kind of making fun of himself, you know, um but then he backed it up on on saturday and and finished third you know in a car that uh chet described i think as budget friendly which i thought was a great way of of explaining kind of his equipment deficit um but that's the cool thing about Ducoin is that um it doesn't really matter equipment is not that big a deal there you know guys with ecotex go in there and run fine all the time and um but you know we know daniel robinson gases it no matter what he's in and um he he is always entertaining and and uh was this weekend. So I was gonna give my Sun dollar restoration hat shake to him.
2: So good. I love Daniel Robinson. I got to party with him uh at the Chili Bowl and actually we recorded the whole thing. So if you want to go check that out. Um what is what is that thing called? Like Chili Bowl after dark or something. But uh that's on that's on FlowRacing.com. Also featured in that party was Kevin Olson, uh R.I.P. You know, miss that guy. Um but yeah yeah robinson drives for rab racing and you know they they're a b-man car B main to a c-man car in the chili bowl which is you know a feature anywhere else uh he's really good at Decoin. you know he's he's getting the micro too uh you know they they have that that 22b car that they race in the micros too so um he's he's kind of a throwback right he, he likes to joke around he likes to have fun he you know he's a bit of a comedian just like kevin olsen was and and uh you know that was that was a good run me paying homage to KO over the weekend finishing third so that's a good handshake. Um I think I'm going to give mine to Gio selzy for winning the first night with the World of Outlaws at a Thunderbolt Raceway. Her, you know, Dominic selzy had a tremendous year last year, right? And I was thinking like, man, is Dominic selzy better than Gio because Gio, you know, you know, came to, you know, finally started to come to earth there last year because before that when he was 18 years old, he was winning at not you know, he's winning at Knoxville, he, you know, won the 360 Nationals last year. But, you know, he won at Pennsylvania with Bernie. Like, he was just on fire. He was the was next up-and-coming uh, spread car, you know, phenom, if you will. And, you know, last year, yeah, they, they won the 360 Nationals, and that was a great beat. But, you know, they, they really didn't quite hit it with the 410 as much last year. But to win already in the World of Outlaw season, I thought that was a big win. And, and uh, you know, Dominic was doing interviews with, with, you know, I saw his one with Geo. And he's like, Does it suck that you're worse than your brother here? You know, that or something like that. <laughs> you know, he said to him, but Gio put it on him the first night. That was a big win.
1: Yeah, and, and beat uh beat Larson and um I think Gravel was in there too. So um you don't you don't, you know, luck into any at Tularia, that's for sure, and, and he earned that one
2: definitely. Larson finally won a sprint car race. His first of the year. Uh just yep. taking forever to win a race this season. Uh, and finally did it at the Thunderbolt Raceway uh the night before Phoenix. Uh, you know, the NASCAR Cup series race. My hat shake. Well, did I already give a hat shake I give, I give the Geo? I need to give another one though to Buddy Boy. We, Hats we, flying we, everywhere. We, yeah, we do we, we do need
1: to give one to him.
2: Can we, up on the hat shake? Yep.
1: we do need uh, to give one to him.
2: Another Indiana Sprint car driver back to victory lane. Again in the 14, too, which is cool. You know, driving for you know Tony Stewart. But Chase Briscoe, I will say this: his hair. That that was the talking point. Uh, you know, I I think that well. First off, he probably needs to have a hat in the car for when he wins. He probably didn't, he wasn't probably expecting to win. I'm guessing. Um, but it looked like his piece was flying everywhere. Like it was like, you know, like <laughs> he just either you either need to full commit to the bald, or you know maybe trim it down to like a one or something. You know. Uh, but, or you know, well, yeah, you, wear a hat.
1: Usually yeah. the you know the PR folks the usually the PR folks are right there with the hat when when you get out of the car. But they were uh, they were a little slow to respond there in Victory Lane. But yeah, he'll <laughs> probably he'll probably have one in there the rest of the, the rest of his races. So um, poor Yeah, dude. it's like when it's biggest, like, biggest day you know, of his life and people are making fun of his hair.
2: It's like Timez or you know kt like they're like kt bald really quick like i remember in 2013 he had hair and then in 2014 he didn't so it's like it was it happens like overnight um so i know i know i know it hurts and briscoe's younger than me but i'm i get i got kind of lucky i got the lucky gene my brother who's younger than me is bald already uh but i got i got the lucky gene with the hair however it looks like it's coming up a little high and tight in here you uh, got to get, gotta get you some
1: plugs in there.
2: I feel like it's just going to keep going, and then it's just going to be gone eventually. Like, it's just going to keep going back like LeBron. Looked,
1: like, a, you know? like a home run baseball, just going, going, gone <laughs> into the parking lot.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So, But that, that was a huge win uh, for Chase Briscoe, who's had a really good couple of years. I know they didn't win the NASCAR Cup Series last year, but they had a lot of speed. I thought he was one of the best stewart Haas cars last year, actually um you know kevin harvick struggled big time senator of course Almarola struggled last year i mean am not, I'm not saying he's a bad driver but um i thought briscoe was the best driver in the camp last year and he's already won this year so uh congratulations yeah. to those guys I, I love their family you know kevin briscoe's an awesome guy his dad who was a sprint car driver in indiana it's just it's a good story no
1: it is and and you know one of the few guys you know you know one of probably less than a handful of guys now that you know have made it to the top you know truly on uh on talent you know he had no you know no money obviously and 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 you know will be the first to admit you know that he you know lucky is the wrong word but you know just had some incredible opportunities that just kind of fell into his lap that that he took advantage of and and now you know he's been rewarded um you know at the highest level so cool, you know, obviously cool for him to, to get it done. And, and, you know, I think cool too, that he did it with Mahindra, um, you know, who is has come on board with him this year to support not only his NASCAR stuff, but they've been a huge supporter of his dirt racing stuff. They were on chili, you know, on his chili bowl car. Um, You know, he's working with them to, to get a micro to race at Millbridge and, um, and they're all in, you know, they love it. They want him to just race as much as he can. And, um, you know, so I thought that was cool too, that he was able to kind of reward them, uh, you know, putting some faith in him, uh, you know, and, and get him into victory lane on Sunday.
2: Hats flying everywhere for our Sun Dollar Restoration. Hat shakers of the week brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. Uh, we are also sponsored by Dirt Draft and DirtDraft.com. You can visit our friends there. I am extremely uh, addicted to the game, like I've been telling you every week. I finished seventieth on the last night of Decoin, so got me some got me some points. Some rewards uh, there on Dirt Draft. So basically, one night before. Yeah, the the night before, I was not good. Chase McDermott was fast and hot laps and then broke while leading his heat race. So uh, I got killed the first night by that. But uh, I basically won. Yes, 70th is like top 1%. If you have like 800 people (laughs) in there, I mean, pretty much won. Right. But uh, dirtdraft.com, upcoming games this week, uh, March 18th. Lucas Oil late model series at Atomic in Chillicothe, Ohio. Uh, So that's uh, some of the upcoming races. And then uh, what else do we got? Uh, The the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series heading to Merced. Still on the West Coast with March 18th race there. And then uh, Lucas Oil after Chillicothe, they go to Brownstown on March 19th. So you can play all those on Dirt Draft. Well, what about all sprint cars go to Ocean Speedway? 18 races this weekend on Flow Racing. Um, you know, it's going to be a big, big time weekend. I know we got to give a shout out to uh, Shane Stewart and Big Hoss and those boys at Port City Raceway. They're putting on one of their biggest races of the year on Flow Racing, the Race for Dean Foundation. 7,500 to win, 600 micro race at Port City Raceway. D Welch will not be there, right? You, you didn't get a ride for that? Uh, I will not be. You would not be. Unfortunately, you're still working on the micro. You, I know you. You had to talk to Big Al. About getting I know. Your, I
1: need. Uh, uh, I need my. I need my co-owner here to, to get his stuff figured out so we can go get a car.
2: Visit them at sundollar.net. Uh, yeah, if you you know he's talking about his co-owner Jason there. Uh, or are you talking about? Are you talking about me? Because I I would like to own your car, but I don't. I can't fit the bill.
1: Oh, boy. I was going to say, we can, it can be a three way split. That would make it cheaper for everybody.
2: I don't have that TV contract.
1: Believe me, my TV contract is not paying for a micro. So, (laughs) otherwise, I have one. It's not paying, it's not paying for much anything.
2: Exactly. Exactly. No, but there's, there's a lot of races going on this weekend. Uh, Check them out all on flowracing.com. And, also, we are presented by QuickPits and QuickPits.com. It's your one stop shop for over 350,000 parts and accessories from the brands you demand truck, cheap, auto, ATV. With fast free shipping to your door, use promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout. That is QuickPits.com. All right. Here's the conversation with D Welch, Kyle Hamilton, and Matt Seymour. That's next. This is episode 73 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing.
1: back On the Loud Pedal Podcast, episode 73. Going to talk a little bit of pavement racing now with uh two of our good friends. We've got Kyle Hamilton, who uh, of course, stepped out of the driver's seat last year but is uh, is still going to be around at uh, at a lot of these Indianapolis Raceway Park races, and uh, also joined by Matt Seymour of of uh, Seymour Racing family fame. And um, and he's of course fielding some cars and has fielded some cars this uh, these past couple of years as well at, at these pavement races. So uh kyle let's start with you um obviously you've got a lot of laps around uh raceway park and and kind of a cool role has come into uh into your life now for this year you're not going to drive but uh you're going to be up in the booth with pat sullivan to uh to kind of announce some of these races and talk about them so uh first time you've done something like that how uh how are you feeling about it and what are you looking forward to about it
0: yeah i'm pretty excited um Last year when I stepped out, you know, it was kind of surreal, but you know, just kind of come to terms with everything. And I knew I didn't want to get completely away from the sport, especially IRP. I was so excited with what uh Casey's been doing with the with the events out there. And so uh I had mentioned to him right when I stepped out, I said, if you guys ever need a hand in the booth, I wouldn't be afraid to jump up there and try it out just for something fun. Um, uh, I've known Pat. Pat's probably announced fifty percent of the races I've been in. So uh, I knew he would be up there, and a couple guys I knew to kind of get me get me comfortable. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and from a being in the booth perspective, there's a lot of good storylines to follow um, with the pavement series this year. I mean, um, I'm looking forward to seeing you know Bobby Santos and Cody Swanson keep duking it out. Uh, I feel like the rivalry kind of stepped up a little bit after their uh, little incident down in Florida. Um, and it, to me, it's just you know some of the best pavement drivers around are out driving at higher this year. Um, so from a
1: booth perspective for me and Pat and from a fans perspective, you can't ask for much more there. And Bobby of course is going to be, uh, be a threat every time and and he'll be driving one of Matt Seymour's cars. So Matt, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. And um, let's start first just kind of with your family history. A lot of people are probably familiar with your grandpa, Boston Louie and, and, um you know know that name but but maybe don't know what all he's done and and how long you know your family has been involved in the sport so let's start there and 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 just kind of give us a family history if you will of of you know what all you guys have done and what you've all been involved with
3: yeah thanks for having me um my grandfather started racing back in i would say late 60s early 70s and just started uh, towing sprint cars and silver crown cars uh, from Marlboro, Massachusetts, uh, across the country to Indiana, California, um, you know, wherever there was races on a national level, and um, and just kind of got his name from doing that. He was the only guy that was towing from around here, out there, and, um, you know, that's kind of where he got his nickname, the man who towed a, a million miles, and I think he got a lot of respect from all the other car owners and drivers because of the commitment that it took to um come out there every week without missing a race from here, uh, work all week long at the you know the day job and to you know get the cars prepared and and go out there and and He kind of went about things instead of driving the cars he owned them and hired who he thought was the best drivers at the time to drive them and make them look good and um and he did that for oh probably from the 70s till the 90s and then my father and my uncle started racing midgets um driving them themselves and they started running around here mostly just because it's easier to you know go an hour up the road and come home and uh makes more sense um but we, they still tried to, you know, run the silver crown car with Schrader and Bentley Warren and, uh, pick and choose their shows. Um, and then when I started racing, I just kind of liked working on them and owning them instead of being a driver and hiring guys like, you know, Bobby Santos and Kyle Hamilton to drive the cars and do their job to make us look good. And, um, and that's what we've been doing, and we've been having success doing that. So, um, we've been running the IRP races the last two years, teamed up with Jeff West and Bobby, and it's just been a, a great deal, really. Um, it kind of started uh, back when they announced the first, the night before the 500 two years ago. Uh, Jeff had given those cars, his two uh, Beast Pavement Midgets, to us to just get rid of, cause there was no pavement midget racing going on. And, and they sat in our shop here and we had them for, I don't know, six months, just trying to get rid of them and nobody wanted them. And then when they announced the first IRP midget race, um, we talked to Santos about running it and using one of our chili bowl motors and putting it in and, and it all kind of came together at the last minute and we went out and won the race. And, um, since then we, just been teamed up with Jeff, and and been we ran all four races last year. And this year, our plan is, it just makes more sense to, instead of driving, you know, 15 hours each way with the car for all four races, Jeff lives 10 minutes from the track. So we're going to run the cars out of Jeff's shop, and uh, we're excited for this year.
1: Yeah, that'll definitely, uh, definitely make it a lot more convenient for you guys. So, uh, I I am curious though, you know, that is a, it's a big commitment obviously to, to do, and you guys still have to get, you know, get yourselves to, to Brownsburg now, and you're not going to be driving, but, but last year, you know, you did make that 30 hour round trip. So why, you know, what about what is going on at, at Raceway Park and, you know, Casey Kohler, and obviously, you know, those guys have done a great job to pump some life back into it, but, uh, what about those events made it worth it for you guys to, to want to make that commitment and, and show up to all of them?
3: Um, I think, you know, ultimately we're pavement racers. That's, that's what is around here. Like it or not, we love the dirt stuff, but, um, you know, all we have is pavement around here. So we do it on a weekly basis. And when Casey kind of stepped up to promote these big events at, you know, a big stage like IRP, on flow racing, you know, on big weekends in Indianapolis, um, it's just, you know, a a great deal that he's got going and, um, you know, we want to be a part of it. So, um, we kind of committed right from the start to, to get involved and, um, it's been, it's been great. So we look forward to the future. I think it's only going to go up.
1: I think so too and and there's a lot of a lot of great things that have happened and and continue to happen there so uh Kyle first race of the year is uh is coming up here in a couple of weeks march twenty sixth so uh as now the the resident uh, expert so to speak as the uh, as the fellow announcer here uh what are you going to be watching and, and keeping your eye out for um you know throughout the whole year but but you know especially coming up here in a couple of weeks
0: yeah uh, march twenty sixth first race uh, Early on in the year when you get a you get a race that early in the season um and it is during March madness, which um big basketball fan, but there's always a little bit of a sometimes a cinderella story aspect when you get a race that early in the year where someone's been busting butt all winter on a car that maybe people didn't expect and they come out and run quick, so I'm gonna be looking for for something like that but um Matt knows this, and people have been around pavement racing for a long time the the cream does rise to the top pretty quick and um we're gonna be looking for the familiar faces to be up front. There's gonna be some new teams out there this year. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm gonna be keeping out for the, the Santos Swanson rivalry. I ran a lot of races with those guys and honestly if I talk to them outside the track, they're two of the nicest guys you've met. Um, but no one'll no one will run you down into turn one harder than both of those guys. And um the way I look at it is um it's two guys trying to put food on their table for their family. I mean, these guys are two of the best and um and they race for a living, and they work on these cars for a living and they in they you know it, it, they aren't bringing their own money to the table. They need the money from the winnings of that night um, to get down the road to the next race and pay the mortgage payment and uh to me that's why I would want to you know that's why I want to continue to be around the sport um there's something something pure about it still that you don't get everywhere so I'm gonna be looking looking at that rivalry mostly, but uh, uh, one of the things I was excited about having Matt on the show tonight too is there there are a lot of a lot of Younger team owners um, bringing cars to IRP this year, um, both Sprint Car Midget and Silver Crown. And um, no disrespect to any of the legends of the sport, but you know, they're, Dylan, you've been around it. Matt, you've probably heard it. They're like, man, we what are we going to do when these car owners decide to retire? Because there's not a lot of young car owners, and you can't you can't quite say that about the payment series at IRP. Um, the last couple years, um, you know, got young guys like Matt. Um, Bertram family bringing cars from the East Coast. Uh, I know Kyle Robbins family owns a team. Kyle Ogara um, and his family bringing cars. These are these are some some fresh faces in the sport, and they're and they're not bringing slouch equipment to these races. They're bringing nice cars, and uh, I'll be anxious to kind of see how these guys continue to build their program. Now that Casey's got this, this will be the third year of hosting a big event at IRP, and he's continually gained cars, gained. Um, what I would say cloud, you know, of, as far from the teams, he's provided great payouts to get the big names there and um, the big teams continue to travel. So that's one thing I'm excited about. There's, there's a lot of fresh blood coming out to those races and uh, it's just, a, it's just refreshing to see, you know, these events keep going with new faces. It's not the same exact teams that raced back in the 90s. We've got some new teams mixed with some old teams. So I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Matt, we'll we'll talk about the uh, the Santos-Swanson rivalry in a sec. But um, just to kind of continue with Kyle's point, um, you guys not only have the midget, but you're you're working on a, a sprint car as well. Um, you know, which which I think is back there behind you in your shop that you guys are, are putting together. And um, you have some cool news that uh, that you're going to run a pretty big race uh, coming up later this spring in Anderson, Indiana, with a, a pretty cool guy behind the wheel as well
3: yeah we're uh we're teamed up with barry kitchers and ktron uh big machine shop out here and uh we're putting together a sprint car to run the little 500 for our first race and uh kenny schrader is going to drive it so we're excited um nothing like jumping right into the biggest race of the year off the bat but we're we're doing we're trying to check all the boxes and be prepared so um, as much as we, you know, don't know what we're getting into, we're trying to at least be as prepared as we can be and, and, uh, have fun for the first race. So.
1: Yeah. And you, and you guys will have that car at, uh, at Raceway Park a little later on this summer. So, uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. So, all right. So as a, as a team owner, as you know, the guy who's got one half of this rivalry in his race car, um, how do you view it? And, and I think Tyler and I talked last week or the week before about, um, their little scuffle down in Florida with, with the sprint car deal and, and, and just how passionate they both are about beating the other one. And, and Bobby, I think wears it on his sleeve a lot more than, than Cody does. I think Cody wants to beat him, but Bobby really, really badly wants to beat Cody. And, um, so as the car owner, what's it like for you? Um, you know, do you have to rope him in? Do you just let him go? Like, how do you approach that when they're you know battling together like that?
3: I, I mean, I think it's good for the sport. Um, I think having those two guys, they're, you know, definitely the the best two pavement open-wheel racers in the country. Um, so for them to go at it like that and have a little bit of a rivalry, I think it gets more people tuning in to watch. Um, as far as <laughs> roping them in, I, I don't think you can rope in Bobby or Cody, but um, – I don't know Cody, but Bobby is just uh, as good as it gets. And we, we kind of do our, our best to get the car, you know, as good as it can be. And the driving's up to Bobby. He can, he carries us, makes us look good. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we'll be giving him any driving tips. That's for sure.
1: Well, and the, I mean, you guys obviously want to win, but I mean, does that rivalry seep down into you and the crew, the guys that work on your car? I mean, does that, is that as intensive a rivalry for everybody on your team as it is for the drivers?
3: Um, I don't know. I think we just want to win. It, you know, we have to beat Cody or, you know, any other guy out there, uh, whether it's Tanner Swanson or, you know, Kyle O'Gara. There's a lot of, you know, other good guys that we have to beat them as well. So we don't really focus on who it is. We just want to make sure we have the best car there and we're the fastest car there. and and nothing falls off the car, brakes, and and now we want to put ourselves in the best position to win no matter who we have to beat.
1: And, Kyle, you've obviously – I mean, you're no slouch either. You've won at Raceway Park and, you know, have gone head-to-head with those guys. But what makes them so good at at, at Raceway Park? I mean, they're good everywhere on pavement, obviously, right? But but that place, it just seems like uh, if you're going to win or run up front, you got to go through those two. So, I mean, what makes them so good?
0: Yeah, I mean – what makes them so good at Raceway Park starts with what makes them so good everywhere, and I mean, they 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 live this sport. I mean, they that is what they do. That's all they think about. Um, getting to the next race, winning that race. I mean, there's just not much else that gets those guys pumped up like winning a race. So then you take that and you put them on a big stage, at, at, at a night race, IRP, five grand, ten grand. In Cody's case last year. After he won the first two events of the night, it's 100 grand that he has a chance to win. Um, you, you you couple all that together, um, and it, it's hard for just the average guy who's been building the car um, out of his garage uh, to to beat those guys. Um, but it's what makes that event so exciting as well, because the, the off chance that you do sneak by and beat them, you know, it's a, it's a huge win. So it's a, it's a resume, you know topping win if you were able to beat them. And I think those guys know that. Um, they're getting everybody's best shot every night. I mean, those guys, um, they know that if they get beat, it's gonna be, someone's gonna talk about it for their career, of how they beat Cody Swanson, Bobby Santos. That helps them step up, but they're technical drivers. IRP is a technical track. And like I said, we, we sit here and talk about all these names, but um, come about two o'clock after the first practice session um, at IRP on March 26th, they're probably gonna be at the top of the chart together and that's who we're
1: going to be talking about yep and then that'll probably be the case all year with the uh, AJ Foyt championship of course USAC silver crown sprint cars and uh, midgets as well on the pavement there at Raceway Park starting off March 26th and then back in action at the carb night classic on May 27th Thursday night thunder homecoming on June 30th and then the championship Saturday event on October 22nd. So, uh, guys, thank you both for your time. Appreciate it. And, um, you know, I'm a payment guy at heart. Kyle knows that. So, uh, I'm glad that, you know, we always can get some guys on here that want to talk about payment racing too. So, um, Matt, good luck to you guys this year and and Kyle looking forward to listening to you in the booth this year. So thank you both. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for having us on. on.